Wow. And when I was teaching and preaching, uh, we wrote stuff on paper, so I had papers. So this is the first time I've used a tablet to do this. So if I kind of mess up a little bit, just kind of bear along with me. Uh, Gary gave me this book. It's on uh, Christian beliefs, and there's uh, 20 points in it. And um, the first one is, what is the Bible? And, like, I don't, I don't always like to read under some people because, like, some things I disagree with, what they teach, and, and so I don't really like to teach. But this guy here, I haven't found anything, not that I'm a Bible scholar, but I haven't found anything I disagree with, and I really like his teaching. So the, so the, first, the first one is, uh, Christian belief, is what is the Bible? <clears throat> Any responsible look at a single Christian belief should be based on what God has to say on the subject. Therefore, as we begin to look at the series, Christian Beliefs, or God's Word, or the Bible, uh, one topic the Bible thoroughly covers is itself. That is, the Bible tells us what God thinks about His very Word. God's opinions of His Word can be broken down into four categories. Uh, authority, clarity, necessity, and significance. And, and the first one I will look at is the authority of the Bible. Um, when I first got saved, I, I had the opportunity to hang out with a pastor. And he always told me, don't give much credit to a preacher that don't have a scripture to back up another scripture. In other words, the Bible is so intertwined that there shouldn't just be one scripture. There should always be other scriptures. And the author of this and the author of this book, he uses a whole lot of scriptures. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get through this. Uh, can you let me know when the hour is up? Because I um, I have a little time thing on my thing here, but I probably won't pay much attention to it. But anyhow, the the first point is the authority of the Bible. All the words in the Bible are God's words. Therefore, to to disbelieve or disobey them is to disbelieve is to disbelieve is to disbelieve or disobey God Himself. Oftentimes, in the Old Testament, are introduced are are introduced uh, phrases such as um, in Ezekiel four twenty two, where the Lord says, "Thus saith the Lord." And, oh, oh, there it is on the screen. Then Pharaoh said, It is what the Lord said, what thus saith the Lord, Israel is my firstborn. And then in Joshua 24, 2, I like this, Gary. I don't know how you do this, but this is cool. <laughs> Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your inheritance included, and I'm really bad to pronounce these Old Testament names, whatever his name is, the father of Abraham and Nahor lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. And it's also found in Second Samuel ten, eighteen. All scripture, well, that's not it. This phrase is, is understood like the command of a king declare to the following that that we must obey this you know without question or without any doubt at all paul writes in second timothy 3:16 all scripture is god breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Amen. Got to get used to this thing here. The, the New Testament um, affirms that the words are the very words of God. In Second Peter, hey, I like that, 3.16, he writes the same in all his letters, speaking to them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. I lost my train of thought here. This means that Peter in the early church considered Paul's writings to be the same category as the Old Testament writings. Therefore, they considered Paul's writings to be the very words of God. In addition to this, 1 Timothy 5.8, this is really cool. I don't know how you do that. Unless you read over this. Huh? How, did you read over this? Oh, okay. The scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while he is trending, trending out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. The first quote of this, it, it comes from the Old Testament, which is found in Deuteronomy 25.4, which you don't have to put that up here. And the second comes from the New Testament. Uh, what they're saying here is Paul, without any hesitation, quotes from both the Old Testament and the New Testament, calling them both scriptures. So they're both, it's, it's all the Word of God. Therefore, again, the words of the New Testament are considered to be the very words of God. This is why Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 14.37, if anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's commands. Since the Old and New Testament writings are both considered Scripture, it is right to say that they both, in the words of 2 Timothy 3.16, Huh? Second Timothy. It, it, it's a scripture. Huh? There it is. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. This makes sense when we consider Jesus', Jesus promise that of the Holy Spirit will bring to the disciples remembrance all that Jesus said to them. And that's in John 14.26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Bible, the Bible says there, there are many ways, Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times and in various ways in which the actual words of the Bible were written. God spoke directly to, to God spoke directly in some, in some cases as to the author, which he simply heard and wrote down, and that's in Revelations 2, 1, 8, and to the angel of the church of Ephesus. These are the words of, 
of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lamps stand, uh, lamp and the angel uh, and to the angel of the church in how do you pronounce that Gary Smyrna right these are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again to the angel of the church in Perkema, right. These are the words to him who has a sharp two-edged sword. And at other times, the author based his writings on interviews and research. Luke 1, 1 to 3. Uh, many have uh, undertaken to draw up an account of the things they have been filled, they have been fi fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theonopolis. That's a, that's a long word there. And at other times, the Holy Spirit brought, brought to mind things that Jesus wrote in John fourteen twenty six. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that said to you. Um, I like that because it says that the Holy Spirit will bring stuff to our remembrance. Well, in order to do that, first we have to know that, don't we? No, in order to bring something back to our remembrance. Regardless of how the words came to the altar, the words were put, the words were put down were an extension of themselves. In other words, God used their personality and their skills and their background and their training, but they were also the exact words God wanted written, the very words that God claims as His own. And I have a thought. God has made all of us a different, and He wants to use us in the way that He has made us. In other words, He wants to use our personalities and our skills and our training to, to accomplish what He wants to do in the world. <clears throat> if God claims that the words of scriptures are His own, then, then there is ultimately no higher authority that can appeal to or prove this claim that scripture, that scripture itself is wrong. For what authority could be higher than God's authority? So scripture ultimately gains its, its authority from itself. The Bible, the claims of the scriptures only become our personal conviction through the Holy Spirit to an individual heart. Uh, when I first got saved, I, I hung out with my pastor. His name is uh, Tony Barnes. And he'd always tell me if I have any question, ask him. Well, you don't want to tell me that because I can ask a lot of questions. So, and, and like I was saved, you know, because like God, like, uh, like he delivered me from drugs and, and the whole nine yards. I knew I was saved, but I was like, um, so I started talking with my pastor about this. And he goes, well, do three things for one month. And he says, if God don't reveal himself to you, I'll quit the church and run with you for the rest of my life. He said, find a good Bible-believing church. 
He said, read the Bible every day, starting the book of John. I was like, why starting the book of John? Because that explains who Jesus is. And he said, pray every day. And praying is just talking to God. Well, I really did those three things. And, and God really did reveal himself to me too. But, you know, like some people say, well, you know, is the Bible really true? Well, you got to live it for yourself to find that out. You know, I can tell you that it is, and it is, but you're going to have to go through it yourself to find it out for yourself. That's The Holy Spirit doesn't change the words of scriptures in any way. He doesn't supernaturally make them because become the words of God. Is as what he does is he changes the reader of the scriptures. The Holy Spirit makes her readers realize the Bible is unlike any other Bible they've ever read. Through through reading and study, they believe the words of scriptures are the very words of God Himself. It 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 is as Jesus said in John's uh, ten seven uh, ten twenty seven. John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. I didn't write the whole scripture out. As God's very words, the words of scriptures, uh, more than are simply true, they are truth itself. And that scripture right there, John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your, your word is truth. They are the final measure by by which all truth is to be gauged. In other words, that which conforms to Scripture is true, and that which which does not conform to Scripture is not true. Because 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 the Word of God was written by ordinary men in ordinary language and in an ordinary style, it does contain loose or some quotations or some uncommon or or unusual forms of spelling. The Bible does not in its original for, form, affirm anything contrary to facts. And if the Bible does confirm something contrary to fact, then it cannot be trusted. And if the Bible cannot be trusted, then God himself cannot be trusted. And to believe that the Bible confirms something false would be to, to disbelieve God himself. To, uh, to disbelieve God is to place yourself in the authority with a deeper, more developed understanding in any topic than God himself. <clears throat> Therefore, since the Bible does com- confirm that it is the very words of God, we are to seek to understand these words. For in doing so, we are seeking to understand God himself. We are to seek to, to trust the word of Scripture. For in doing so, we are trusting God himself. And we are to seek to obey the scripture, for in doing so, we are seeking to obey God himself. And B is the clarity of scripture. Am I, am I going too fast here? Anybody? All right, cool. Right? Okay. Uh, B is the clarity of scripture. As we read the word and seek to understand it, we discover that some passages are easier to understand it than others, Right? Although some scriptures may at first seem difficult to grasp, the Bible was written in such a way that all things necessary to become a Christian, to live as a Christian, and to grow as a Christian are clear. 
There are some mysteries in Scripture, but they shall not overwhelm us in our reading and study. In Psalms 19, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And in Psalms 119, 130, The unfolding of the words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. In in other words, God's word is so understanding and clear at times that even the simple or people that lack sound judgment can be made wise by it. And I'm I'm a perfect example of that. Thank you very much. I I beat you to that. But it is true though, you know, God, you know, and and I say this. I laugh when I say this, but the Bible does say that God will use the simple things of the world to confound the wise. And, and if I'm not simple, I don't know who is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know, and and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm you know, dumb or anything, but, you know, it, it's, it's just the things that God does in His Scripture and helps us just blows my mind. Since the things of God are spiritually discerned, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. A proper understanding of Scripture is often a results, the result of an spirit, individual's spiritual condition rather than his or her intellectual Ability. Often the truth of Scripture will appear to be folly to those who reject the claims of Jesus. This does not mean, however, that every Bible every Bible related misunderstanding is due to a person's spiritual condition. There are many, many godly good Christian people that have just misunderstood the scriptures. I'm often the disciples misunderstood what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 5.15. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Sometimes it was due to the hardness of their hearts. Luke 24.25. And he, sa- and he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And at other times, it was because they needed to wait for further instructions and events. John twenty, John twelve sixteen. You know, you don't. John twelve sixteen. You missed that one. Uh, the members of the early church did not always agree on the meanings of um, on the meanings of what was written in Scripture. That's in Acts 15. I'm not going to read that whole thing. And the Galatians... Oh, you got it? 12, 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about Him and have been done to Him. Thank you. And in Galatians 2, 11 to 15...
That's pretty cool. But when Cyphus came to Ananok, I suppose him to I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eaten with the uh, with the with the with the Galilees. But then they came Gentile. Gentiles. But then they came. But then they came. He drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. When individuals disagree on proper interpretation of passages of Scripture, the problem does not lie with the Scripture, rather the problem lies with us. In other words, sometimes as a result of our shortcomings or failure to properly understand what the Bible is teaching, even so we should prayfully read and study the Bible, asking the Lord, before we even open up the Bible, ask the Lord to reveal His Word to us. And my third point is the necessity of Scripture. It is not always true that all things necessary. It is not true that it is true that all things necessary to become a Christian, live as a Christian, grow as a Christian, are clearly represented in the Bible. It is also true that without the Bible, we would not know these things. The necessity of scriptures mean it is necessary to read and study the Bible or have someone or have someone explain what God personally wants from us and to forgive us our sins and to know him personally. Paul hints at this when he asks how many can hear the word how many can hear about how many can hear about a Christian a Romans oh there it is ten fourteen. How then can they call on how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them In Romans 10:17 consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ amen Paul is saying, if there is no one preaching the word, then people won't get saved. In order to know how to become a Christian, one must read the word or have someone explain it with what the word says. As Paul said in, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15, and, how far, and, and from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, do faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, you know I mean, like, just times that you read scriptures and it's okay, and then you read scriptures again, and like something just comes alive. You know, every word that God spoke was only good stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want everybody following every word I said. Am I right? But every word, I mean, think about that. Every word that he ever spoke is 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 good one way or another. I, I just, 
That just blows me away. In addition, the Bible is our only source for clear and definite statements about God's will. While God has not revealed all aspects of His will to us, Deuteronomy 29.29, 29, the secret things belong to God, to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of the law. 1 John 5.8, I mean, yeah, 5.3. In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. Burdensome. And of course, all, all of His commands are found in the Word of God. And my last point is significant significance of Scripture. Although those living in the New Testament period didn't have the benefits of God's complete revelations, which is found in the New Testament, they had access to the words of God that God intended for them to have during their lives. Today, the Bible contains all the words that, that God that a person needs to become a Christian, to live as a Christian, and to grow as a Christian. And as all we need to do is obey it. Psalms 119, verse 1. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. And in the Bible, God has given us instructions that equipped us for every good work. 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17. Avoid godless chatter, because those w will indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. gangrene? Oh, yeah. I never knew that word was even in there. What what interpretation is this? NIV. Oh, among the among them are I cannot pronounce those names. Thank you. It is in Scripture alone that, that we search for God's words to us. The significance of Scripture should encourage us to search through the Bible to find what God would have us to think about or do about any situation, which the Bible might not directly answer every question that we can think of. For the Bible does say in Deuteronomy 29.29, which I... I I know I read that, but I'll read that again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of the Lord. For the word of God will provide us with the guidance that we need for every good work. Therefore, if our doctrine, ethical, and, and moral teachings and beliefs, we should be content with what God told us in Scripture. God has revealed exactly what He wants, what He wants for us, and there there was three questions at the end of this chapter. And I'd I just like to ask, why is it important that the Bible be the be the basis for our beliefs? Why is that so important? It's God's word, and that, and that's the only way to get to heaven. That's that's the only. I mean, there's no. There's no right or wrong answer here. Uh, uh, will the Bible definitely answer every question that, that we may bring up? 
it may not exactly, but it probably will indirectly, you know, if you're open to it. Yeah. What is one issue that you could think of that the Bible speaks speaks clearly on? Salvation. Okay. What is one issue that the Bible doesn't speak clearly on? I, I, Maybe like I, personal just, things that you go through that you know sometimes you have to read into the scripture. And then how does this affect the emphasis you should place on these issues? You know, important or you know just kind of uh, you know wishy-washy. That's it. <laughs> 